Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all is well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 58 of the Dave Damashek football program. As always, available on iTunes. Subscribe, won't you? Hey, uh, nice song there. In case you missed it, at the end of episode 57, that's by our pal, a listener, and uh, obviously an accomplished musician, too. In the realm of hip-hop rank, it's our pal, Karen Astic. That's groovy stuff there. Black tie honored, our main man from across the, the sea, Handsome Hank, and you, even, Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Welcome to the show. Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate sure. being a part of the song. I'm not part of the title of the show, no, but indeed. I'm part of the no, song. No, you're not. That would be too much. People would be like, who's that one? Who's that? You know, like it's clear. You know, it's clear. Uh-huh. Don't we want it to be clear? Crystal. Isn't yes. that what we want it to be? Absolutely. Crystal. Quoting uh, quoting uh, Top Gun, right? Isn't it? Is it Top Gun or A Few Good Men? Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yes. Men. I'm telling you, it's, uh, they share crews and yes. they also share the Navy. They're both Navy, right? Yeah. Aren't they both those pictures naval? Absolutely. I never realized that. As I've pointed out before, that's it. I like when when actors we got to put together our definitive list of that actors who've done the same things in different movies. Right, like I've I've pointed out, Keanu is an Ohio State quarterback mm-hmm. in not one but two pictures. Shane yep. Falco in the replacements, and then Johnny Utah in um in uh you know Point Break. Point Break. Jeez, is that so? I'm, I'm not ready to go yet. You know why? You haven't sprung forward yet. No, I haven't, and you know, but also, I'm also a little bit nervous, I must tell you, because coming in studio, into Studio 66, in a matter of moments, Ryan Clark, outspoken, Ryan Clark. yeah, outspoken Pittsburgh Steeler, number 25, full range of things want to talk to him about as we uh, as we head into free agency. It's going to be an exciting week, Rank. Okay, yeah, big week. You know, you got that, you got March Madness, you got a lot of March good stuff. Madness. You talked about, though, you talked about uh, Keanu Reeves doing the Ohio State so quarterback. He's a Ohio State quarterback in not one but two pictures. How George, weird. George Clooney always getting out of jail. Right. He did that in Ocean's Eleven. I've said, I, I, out we, of sight. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Jailbird. We've talked about Ed Norton is in yes. jail in uh, in like uh, two-thirds of his pictures for mm-hmm. some reason. Always in jail. Always in My jail. favorite one is, again, Kevin Spacey is, uh, is the recipient of being or is the subject of a police sketch artist. In two pictures. <laughs> That's right. In seven. That's my favorite. Yeah. Seven unusual suspects. He is depicted by a police sketch artist. <laughs> That's a weird one. So anyway, now Tom Cruise. Twice. Tom Cruise. Plays a naval list. officer. So, mm-hmm. all right. Fascinating or perhaps not so fascinating Wee. little tangent to start the show here. You mentioned that it's March Madness. That's fun. I got to say, I'm such a curmudgeon. Every mm-hmm. spring about this. I don't love it. I know everybody says this is the way. It's too much of a good thing. It's the same thing as the baseball playoffs. Because, you know, I, w- listen, we're doing an NFL podcast, so it's easy to just say that the NFL's postseason tournament is the best of all out there. But it is, probably. Isn't it the best? I honestly— Maybe I, it has two—maybe it has one it too has one, many teams. one too many. It, yeah. was, it was better with the four teams. Yeah, because maybe Because nobody that is gets better. a bye— 
That NHL was better. NHL and NBA, too many teams, obviously. A couple too many NHL there. NHL is so much more wide open that I think it, it allows itself to have those eight teams from each conference. Basketball, not so much. Well, NBA, because that's the problem with the baseball playoffs versus the basketball playoffs. Basketball, NBA, is best of seven. And uh, 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 this is something, this is well-worn soil, if you've heard me in the past, and I apologize if, if uh, you're tired of hearing this. Just hit the fast-forward button or whatever <laughs> you have on the, on your computer there and jump ahead by a couple minutes. But here's what I say about it. It's, there's a basic difference but, but because of the nature of the two games. Basketball, the NBA, black tie behind the glass. Listen up here. You might learn something. I want to see if you agree with this, by the way. I think that NBA. If you have, who's the best team in the? Let's say last year it was uh, it was the, the Mavericks. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, see, are they the were they the best team? Yeah. All right. Let's say it's the Mavericks. Fine. Let's go with the Mavericks as, as an example. Let's say the Lakers at their best. All right. The okay. Lakers with Shaq, Fu, and Kobe, or whatever. If they played the 16th best team in the NBA in in 10 best of seven series. The Lakers would win them all. It's just a matter of how many games they might lose. They might lose a couple of games, but they would never lose a best-of-seven series Mm -hmm. to the worst team. However, if you played the New York Yankees against the Pittsburgh Pirates, let's say, in 10 best-of-seven series, the Pirates would win a few of those series just by the nature of the sport. That's the way it goes. The difference between the best and the worst is more narrow than it is in basketball. Mm-hmm. Ergo, the more baseball teams you add to the playoffs, the worse it's going to be. You're going to, I mean, more and more. We've already seen 83 win baseball teams win the World Series. That's garbage. Mm-hmm. The Marlins winning the World Series was garbage that year. That's a, It's junk. It just comes down to then, do you have a red-hot pitcher who can carry the load for you and take you all the way? They're going to try to recapture the magic from the last game of the season in 2011 when the Red Sox and right. the Rays were battling, the Cardinals and the Braves were battling. Trying to get that kind of excitement, not sure it's going to work, but one benefit of it is that this the wild card teams will have to burn their number one pitcher. So when they face, yeah, that's true. When they face the team with the best record, their ace won't be going and probably won't be able to pitch for a couple of days. So there's one Now benefit. that's a keen observation, Rank. Good for you. I like that. That's you actually had a good thought there. <laughs> actually, yeah, thank you. I use the adverb when it, How of dare course you. of course at, when you use the adverb actually, it is an implied insult to whoever is receiving mm-hmm. it because, you know, if you say, "Hey, uh black tie actually uh, actually wasn't too bad today." What's <laughs> what you're saying really is is that you he usually is. I'm actually surprised. My friend was. my friend's girlfriend said that to me on Saturday night. I I hosted over at the uh, Bray Improv after the uh, Pauly Shore show, oh. and uh, his, my friend's girlfriend came up and she goes, you know what? You were actually quite funny. Yeah, that's an insult. Like, thank you for that. Don't say thank you to that because she means it. I was being dick. facetious to her. Yeah. We have kind of an adversarial relationship anyways. I actually appreciate that, lady. <laughs> um, but Did yeah. you catch mine last week to you? I didn't catch it. No, you mentioned it after the show that you actually me, which I, I, which I actually don't care for, and I actually find shocking. That someone of your pedigree would, Does, would actually condescend to me. Do we get? Do we need the definitive Dan, Dan of Thunder, who follows us on Twitter at Dave or at Damashek at Adam Rank? He counts the Dieter Brock drops. That one does that, not that, count. That's a count. No, no, no. That, that's a count. No. That one does not. I'm not going to allow no, that's that. That's not going to count. We I race think to see was... who can name right. Dieter Brock first in each podcast. If you're new to the show, does he have to start counting the actually drops? No, like say, saying it organically, <laughs> that would be a good thing. Yeah, we're really, what, he's, he's got a lot on his plate already, that listener. We have to find somebody else to count the actuallys out there. But listen, I'm a curmudgeon because now we're at the basketball playoffs, mm-hmm. the NBA, I mean the NCAA tournament, and again, it's just too many. It shouldn't be this many teams. It's garbage, this bubble talk. Every year, I first of all generally admire people who can create a profession that didn't exist until they came along. Like, consultant is a great one. There was right. no such thing as a consultant 50 years ago or 40 <laughs> years ago. And now everybody has hires consulting agencies. <laughs> like, what, what garbage? Yeah, businesses mm-hmm. could run without the consulting agencies <laughs> before, but now they're imperative, apparently. Same thing, bracketology. <laughs> Being this Lenardi character, <laughs> he and his toop out there with their, oh. with, with their, with their, with their bracketology jazz all the time. There, but I, I don't understand. This cat works three weeks a year. How does he get by? What He's, What does he do? I, I, that's my main question for him. 
What do you do for 49 weeks a year when you're not bracketologying? He runs He runs the full college season. He starts pumping it. You know the thing I don't like? In this- but who cares? And then he, but, he's, but he's praised. He, they, they pat him <laughs> on the back. Hey, he hit on 97% of his back. Guess what? Anybody would do the same thing. We all know the same teams that are out there. By the time the, 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 the brackets are actually re- released, who doesn't know those teams? How many people <laughs> are wrong about those? Are you wrong by like a couple? Same as him. He gets patted on the back unfair, unnecessarily, I think. To his credit, though, he nailed all four number ones. He had BYU as one of the play-in games. He did pretty well. The one thing I don't like is when he's starting to break down the small conference schools and he'll he'll put just Big West winner. Like, no, pick who is going to win the Big West, which this year it was Long Beach yeah, State. Yeah, right. Pick of course he's going to hit that. Pick that team. And he I, gets credit for I that. Think, yeah, I think it's a cheap way out to just be like, oh, WCC went. Well, that's a bad example because Gonzaga and St. Mary's and BYU all made the Why? tournament this year. But Listen, yeah. it's a tune-out, Adam, when you start talking about WCC and Big West. You and it's 11 not, other people on the not. face of the earth care about that third-rate level of basketball. I don't want to talk about that right now, though, because look who's walking through the door. Oh, my goodness. Ryan Clark, what a pleasure. It's nice to meet you. Please. You, you could sit over there. You can look right into the eyes of your pal in the uh, in the Steeler backfield there. The defensive backfield, Troy Palomalu. Giant picture here in Studio 66. Are we done talking basketball, though? Yeah, well, unless, unless it, you what? want to talk basketball. I like basketball, though. See? Well, your team, while well, you're Ryan Clark, your team's not in the tournament this year. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't count them as my team sometimes. You don't? Right now. I'm just so disappointed in and what's going on with LSU basketball? It's like we haven't had a good team since uh, Tyrus Thomas. Yeah, and uh, Big Baby left. It's been mm-hmm. it's been tough to, to, for us to field guys that can play that level of basketball. But if you look at the SEC basketball as a whole, you know you get Kentucky. You get Kentucky. Year. You had Florida for a couple of years. Right? Why is it terrible? It, it's been bad. It's been bad. I mean, I think you look at the Alabamas, the Mississippi States. There are teams that you know fight to get in the field. Mississippi State didn't even get in this year. I think they. Had opportunity too, but they're just not fielding good basketball teams. And you look at it, so much is one and done now. Mm-hmm. If you can't get the one and done guys, or you can't get the handful of guys that actually are McDonald's All Americans that stay in school because they go to Duke, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's tough to get guys to compete. SEC's been down, Pac 10's been down, and then you have conferences. I know this makes you upset. The Mountain West has four teams yep. in, WCC has three teams in. Four teams. Really? Four teams from the Mountain West. And, and yet the Pac 12 doesn't get. Uh, they got two. They got two because was, Colorado won. Right, right. Because won they the won the tournament. Game. Washington had an opportunity, though. But when Colorado won, that knocks yep. Washington out. Hmm. All right, well, listen, Ryan Clark, so much to yap about. All right, we're talking college. Real quick question for you is. As a uh, as an LSU Tiger, did Bama deserve a second crack at him after they lost at home to your guys? They lose at home. It's not like that was a neutral site game. They lost in Tuscaloosa to you guys. What business do they have getting another shot at you guys instead of a team like Oklahoma State? You know, I, I agree with the fact that they had their opportunity to win it. And if you look at it that way, Oklahoma State should have had that shot. The only way you can make an argument for Alabama was they were the best team in the country. I said mm-hmm. it when when they when LSU beat them in Tuscaloosa. I said that they don't get to play is justified because they had an opportunity to win that mm-hmm. game at home. But if the committee sits there and says who who are the best two football teams in collegiate football, you had to put Alabama back in that game. I wanted Oklahoma State. I felt like we would beat Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. I knew that Alabama was the bad match. If you look at it, they were able to move the ball in Tuscaloosa. They just couldn't kick field goals. And we end up winning the game, and um, I think it showed in, in the national championship that they were the elite team, you know, in college football. Well, it seems like we're going to get a national championship game, and uh, I mean, a uh, a little tournament, at least a Final Four, of some right. sort, uh, at some point soon. But let's talk about now NFL and uh, the Steelers, along with Peyton Manning, I guess, have been the uh, the big stories of the last couple of weeks here. And uh, let's pick up where we left off, though, with the Steelers in Mile High. And you sat that one out. What were your what were your feelings? I know you're a gamer. I know you were really uh, desperate to get out on the field. I, you know, as uh, as a fan of the Steelers and a fan of yours, I was glad that you didn't get out there. I loved what Coach Tomlin said, and uh, and so on. But watching that game, especially the way the Steelers went down there, what, what what was going through your head during the game and then even after? You know, it was many ways we played out as a, a defense and as a team that we could lose the game. 
they run the ball well. Uh, Von Miller, Dumerville rushed the quarterback well, create turnovers. The one scenario we never went over was Tim Tebow throwing for 316 yards. So for me to watch that, uh, it was extremely hard because that's my job. You know, that's what I do. Those are the guys, the defensive backfield, the guys I play with. So it was tough to watch. Uh, obviously, to have the new overtime rule come into effect and we not even be able to use it because we give up an 80-yard touchdown on the first play was also disheartening. Um, for me, I wanted to play what Coach Tomlin did for me. I don't know if any other coach in NFL does that, so I truly appreciate it. And it took a lot of pressure off of me too mm-hmm. because, you know, in one sense you're clear by the doctors, so you feel like you're supposed to play. You don't want to let your team down. You also want to go out there. I mean, we all have egos, and for me it was like, oh, man, this thing can come full circle. I can actually go back and play in a playoff game and just beat this whole thing. So, But for Coach Tomlin to do that, you know, I was relieved in the sense of I didn't have to make a decision to put my teammates in a bad situation or put my family and myself in a bad one. Uh, But would I love to play that game? Oh, man, it was terrible. Let Uh, me just give you the silver lining of this uh, is um, that I feel like Going up to Foxborough in the following weekend would have been a bad matchup anyway. With once you once Casey Hampton oh, Casey, goes Kiesel, out, it was bad Kiesel. news. It was. I mean, it that was, was that was a really tough way. That, even if you do survive no. that game, then what? Yeah, you it, know? It, it, it was our time. You know, the the luck had ran out on. I mean, all season, you know, you you battle with James being hurt and then Lamar and James Ferrier linemen falling out. I mean, we had a tough road, and I think finally it had came to a hit. Um, it was it was coming to a point where it was going to be tough for us to compete, but. As competitors and as football players, you still would say, I'd like to have that chance to go to Foxborough and see what happens. Sure. We couldn't have did any worse than Denver did when when they went up there. <laughs> That's so, true. You yes. know what I mean? So but, so I would have loved to. And for me, I'd have got to play in the playoffs at some point. You know, I didn't even get to play. So uh, we'd have loved to win. But, yeah, it would have been tough. I mean, you lose Casey. Uh, you lose Brett already having lost Aaron early in the season, it was going to be really hard on us. Yeah. But it seems easy to say that in hindsight because I want to go back to the moment when Thomas scores a touchdown. What's going through your mind? Because as a fan, that just seems unbelievable. When you saw it, could you believe what was going on? I couldn't believe that nobody caught him. That was, that, that was the hardest part for me. You know, when he the initial still form on Ike and he braced loose. I was like, okay, we'll drag him down. And, you know, I know they had kicked 60-yard field goals at Denver, so I knew there may be a chance for that. But I was like, okay, we'll get the ball. But to to have the new overtime rules into place and, and to think to myself, we're going to at least get the ball in overtime and have him score. My next thing was trying to figure out, was I going to congratulate anybody on Denver's team or was I just going to hang my head and, and walk into the locker room? And uh, it was funny because I was talking to uh, one of the office coaches who was actually a grad assistant when I was at LSU. And he was like, Tim really wants to meet you, this and that. And so I was like, all right, I'll go shake his hand and say, Congratulations, Tim Tebow, for, <laughs> for, throwing, for, for throwing for 316 yards. I mean, it was, I mean, and it, it it was one of those things though, especially that play. And afterwards, just hearing so much talk about, it, and everybody's talking about Tim Tebow threw an 80 yard touchdown pass. Tim Tebow did not throw the ball 80 yards in the air. You know, Demarius Thomas made a great play run after the catch, but it was a team effort. You know, Denver deserved to win the game that day. Could he throw? Do you think Tim Tebow? I'm not. This sounds like I'm joking around. Do you think Tim Tebow could throw the ball 45 yards in the air? Yeah. Do you? I listen. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 can laugh at that all you want. I don't think, I think he can. I think he threw it 45 yards that day one did time. I think he I, did have yeah. a couple nice ones. Yeah, yeah. He, he threw a couple nice. I think that's the for him. That's the easiest ball to complete. A deep ball allow your receiver to run up under. Yeah, it. right. If you look at it, he had some some dig routes that day. Some some curls that he could have hit, that guys were really open that he threw into the ground, that he overthrew. The balls he was actually able to complete were deep balls where I don't have to think. I moved the safety with my eyes once and, you know, complete the pass. And he did a good job. Well, maybe him as a NFL quarterback is uh, maybe that's the last time we'll see him out there for a while under center at least because we might see Peyton Manning. Where would you, Ryan Clark, go if you were a free agent? Actually, you can answer Denver, Arizona. They look like the two most likely places, but – Open it up. Let's say you you know forget your ties to Pittsburgh now. To forget what, if you could choose any of the thirty two NFL teams, you're a free agent. What city do you think? What team? What organization do you most want to go to? You, if Pittsburgh Steelers fans hear this, first of all, it's like blasphemy to say that I you'll know, ever I'm play try- anywhere I'm, else. You're trying to get unfollowed on Twitter by fifty. I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know what I mean. But um. <laughs> You know, I guess I've never really given it thought after being in Pittsburgh uh, for that's, so long. That's the ultimate destination, isn't but it? But for me, um, I look at it, if 
you know, I have two years left on this contract, and if something happened, I could play for the Saints. But that's where I'm from. Yeah, that let makes, me take. You know, let me take that. Let's say the Steelers are not an option. Right, okay, they're not that's option. Fair. Yeah, they're not options. Let's, let's yeah, do that. That's, out of there. Fair. If, yeah, that's right. fair. That's right. what I'm that's saying. Like, if I got to a point and my contract is up and Pittsburgh uh, didn't want me, New Orleans would be a good place uh, for me to play. Uh, just being from there, always as a kid, you know, we'd have games in the Superdome when I was playing recreational. You know, and I, I would never envision I was anybody from the Saints because they, they, they weren't very good mm-hmm. at the time. <laughs> I'd always be Randall Cunningham because uh, I, I played quarterback <laughs> when I played there. But I, I play for the Saints. Um, you try to look at teams, you know, for me that, that play football the the way you think it's it's supposed to be played. Uh, team I, I I admire the the way they play defense is Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm really now that's blasphemy. I'm really sir. going we're going to get it, get it get in trouble now. You just but, did that one to yourself. Yeah, but <laughs> like I wouldn't. You said Pittsburgh was not an option, so right. I'm saying taking out Pittsburgh from ever being. A uh, part of it. If you look at the way Baltimore runs around, the way they hit, the way they play defense, and that's the type of team you, sure. know, you want to play for. Well, speaking of that, I was at the uh, at the odd eight AFC title game against mm-hmm. the Ravens when they rolled into Heinz Field. I was you probably saw me. I was um, I was sitting up in the upper level. I had on a black shirt and I had a gold towel. I was waving it, so you probably. I saw remember. Me. I waved to you. Did, I yeah, that's, that's right. right. Man, yeah. I thought you were, yeah, and I, I was like, you. he waved at me, and they're <laughs> like, nah, my friends were. But <laughs> the uh, I gotta say, well, first of all, that was the hardest hitting game in general. Three. Ravens, unconscious on the field, including the opening kickoff. Mm-hmm. Lime is Swede in his most significant play in uh, in his Steeler career. career. And then, I, it is not an exaggeration, the most ferocious collision I have ever seen in NFL football game was you and McGahee with about four minutes. Right after Palomalu picks it mm-hmm. off, runs it into the end zone. I've compared that one. Or you, I, I don't know if you're up on your uh, Rocky Balboa uh, history. You got them all on DVD. You do. Still well, watch them. I compare that hit to at the end of uh, Rocky two when, when Creed and Balboa yeah. go down simultaneously. And the only difference is Balboa gets up and kind of gets his thoughts and what gets out gets out. You, you're Balboa and McGahee <laughs> was Creed. Yes? Yeah, that, that, that that's a very good comparison. He was out cold. <laughs> that's a, that's I thought, a very I swear, good comparison. I thought, you, I thought I thought I, I thought something worse had happened. You know, it was it was one of those things. Uh, you know, because I've I've seen it since. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember it very well during, but I've seen it since. And if you look at all the players around, nobody celebrates. No, nobody does anything. Everybody's just checking on. You know, the guys on the field. It's like people are stepping over carnage. Yeah. You know, trying to see where the ball. Was. Lawrence Timmons recovers the ball and just lays. He could have got the ball and ran, scored a touchdown. And he just laid on top of the ball and waited for the referee to uh, call the play. It was one of those things, though. The week before against uh, San Diego, they moved Darren Sproles to one side of the quarterback, and they ran like a little, you know, a little option right out the backfield. And we were in the coverage, and I didn't do the right thing, and he ended up scoring a touchdown. So I said, I'm going to show the same look this time. And if they do that, it's like I'm just going to run downhill. And all I had to do was not blink, and I didn't. And, and that was the play, which I'd probably be like – expelled from football uh, that's exactly today. right well that's what i was gonna ask yeah, you they, about of course is, ex- uh, i'd never play again <laughs> <laughs> you i mean well yeah I, they, they, i'd be out of here you did blow <laughs> him up on, on that hit i mean it was like you say in the stands it was it, you know moments before the place was going gaga like it never had before or since with that palomalu touchdown right. which basically uh, got the ticket to to the super bowl you mm-hmm. knew you guys were on the way there but at, like you say in the stands even was like Oh my goodness, that was that was a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was it was bad. I remember uh, my friend called me at the game. He's like, "Yeah, man, when I saw the hit, I just started praying." Yeah, and I was like, "Man, thank you." He was like, "I wasn't praying for you." <laughs> he was like, "I was praying for McGee." So it was it was one of those things, though. But you know, you're just happy that everybody's okay now. Yeah. Well, you talk know? about the uh, talk about the rivalry with the Ravens. You and me are on the same page on this one, which is the Ravens cannot be called the Steelers' rival. You the, the the Ravens have never beaten the Steelers in the playoffs. All right, they went they they go back. They were to mad Madden. at me though. They were. I said in the off season they were hot with me. I was. They couldn't believe it. Just like and you know when they beat us bad the first game, my Twitter blew up with, "Is it a rivalry now? <laughs> Do you think it's a rivalry now, right?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I was like they won. I was like can't be a rivalry if we don't win this year. So that that's my new thing. It's still not a rivalry because we didn't win a game last year. So. The Ravens are the better team right now, and you know. All right, I like and, you playing the underdog you know, role, but let's be honest, and we'll see. 
You know what I mean? Let, well, you know, beat, beat the Steelers in January, you know, and then, no, then we'll this, talk. This, this is what happened for me this year, honestly. Um, when we talked about the Ravens and when people would ask me about it being a rivalry and how much I cared, I was honest in the fact that I didn't care until the week I played the Ravens. I didn't think about it in the offseason. I wasn't going to get a T-shirt made. This was not a problem to me. The Ravens were just another – the Ravens were the Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, and sometimes we play you in the playoffs, honestly. <laughs> After playing the first game there, watching Harbaugh dance on the sideline, watching the way <laughs> – you know, they, they went for two-point conversion. They were up 28-7 to seven or something like mm-hmm. that. Watching the way that they approached us has now changed my opinion about the way I approached them. It's interesting you say that. but let they me, Gatorade let, dump him after that game? Yeah, yeah they ga- Gatorade baths in the middle of the season. You know what it proves, Ryan Clark? The Ravens have... A uh, a Moby Dick like you know they are they are Ahab and the Steelers are Moby yeah, Dick. Yeah, I agree. They are obsessed to the degree that it is detrimental to them. They are so fixated on beating the Steelers that then they go out and lose games to a lousy Seattle team the following right, week. We, That's yeah. what they do. They get yeah. too they get too focused in on that. That's I mean because uh, to them, like I said though, it was a rivalry to them. It mm-hmm. was important. You know, they put a lot of stake on that first game of the season. You know, they talked about it. We've been waiting on this since we. You know, since last year, and, you know, we couldn't wait till the Steelers got here, and they won. You know, they came out, and they won the game, and, you know, I think it was a guy that, you know, said we were old, slow, and done at that point. Uh, because guy, we, guy just downstairs with oh, Warren Sapp. He's oh, around here somewhere. Yeah. That <laughs> guy you might, you a, might cross paths with him. That guy's a genius. Y'all should <laughs> give him a raise. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Sapertees. Like, <laughs> Sapertees. Yeah, I like that one. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's look at the, okay, we're, start a Twitter war with him. I like that one. Yeah, you should. QB I try, kill, I think. Well, you know, I tried, though. I asked him about it, and then he was like, well, you're going to be out of the playoffs. All you need to know is that y'all are the fifth seed. I say, well, I was like, you weren't talking about what I see was in the playoffs. We're number one defense in the league, but we're old, slow, and dumb. But that's what happens when you don't really study a lot of football. All right, Rank and I oh. have – I'll give him <laughs> – Please, <laughs> I'll what? give him some strongly, uh, some strongly. Uh, I like it. Words. No, no, no. I like it. I want to encourage it. <laughs> How many Super Bowl rings does he have? Only one. It's yeah, not like one. he's not like he's sitting there with a fistful of rings. And he got that ring when when uh, his old because uh, John Gruden was the coach of the Raiders, of course, right. and then goes to Tampa Bay. They basically had the plays, right? Yeah. So that's basically we knew that. All right. You're the GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers. What's the one position? I'm not asking you to name names or anything like that. What is the one position in the first round you would like addressed? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I would say I'd have to go offensive line. Hmm. You know, but I think the only thing tough to address in the offensive line is we need to get stronger at tackle. And if you look at just throughout the league and most of the time, if you want to get a tackle or a, a elite left corner, you need to draft top ten. Uh, because we're usually a very good team, it's hard. We don't never we never draft that high. So the guy you get from twenty to thirty two in the first round is usually the same guy you can get in the second to third round at an offensive line type position. So uh, on the outside. So for us, um, I think we can go anywhere. We usually go best available. Um, you're looking at losing to James Ferrier though, right? Maybe finding a guy who can play that buck linebacker. Uh, um, you know, how about lot, they bring in the tide uh, linebacker? Say, about say, everybody Hightower. talk about Dante Hightower. Yep. You know, you've been seeing that reported. Um, for a position like the the middle linebacker in the three four that we play, that position you need a smart guy, you need a physical guy. You look at a guy uh, groomed by Nick Saban, who I play for at LSU. You know mm-hmm. he's going to understand defenses and know how to play. He's a physical guy, um, so you know we can get a guy at that position. That would be good to have someone that can step in and learn under a Larry Foot right now and understand how to set the defenses up and do things would be huge for us. Um, hopefully, uh, offensively, I think in the skill positions we're set, you look at not having Rashard Mendenhall. But you hope Mike Wallace, year. though, too, is the big question, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge question. That's why I said you hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. You see, I, I worry this the right way, man. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and I think, and if you, look at, if you look at teams who are looking for a wide receiver, why not try to get Mike? If you look at the draft, you have black men, you hope, you're, you're hoping these guys can be elite receivers. You know he's an elite receiver. You know he can take the top off of defense, and he's 25 years old. 
You know, if you can get six or seven years out of a first-round draft pick, you want that. So why not go with a guy who's a proven commodity? So I'm just hoping that all these GMs aren't smart enough to figure that out. Yeah. I saw your tweet, and uh, you are one of the best guys to follow in the NFL on Twitter. It's uh, RealRClark25, right? This yes, is the sir. way to track you down. And I saw that you uh, you enjoyed uh, what Aaron Smith did, taking out a full-page ad in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Awesome. Great move by him, huh? It was. I mean, he's been a class guy, though. Um, it was so funny. We were talking about – I talk, I was mentioning about all the contracts he's had. You know, I was like, Aaron, man, they just keep paying you, man. And he's like, I don't like him, but you like, but nobody knows about him. You know, you yeah, know football. Sure. The guys that know football know Aaron Smith, but a three-four defensive end is not a glamorous position. But I feel like he's been one of the best to ever play it. And I asked him one time, I was like, you know, why haven't you ever tested the market? And he, you know, his words to me was like, how rich do I need to be? You know, and I think that, you know, that says a lot to me. He's like, I love it here. I love playing here. He's like, they've given me enough money to take care of my family. There's no need to ever go anywhere and see. And I think this just goes along with the type of guy. He always was, you know, but to basically take an ad out to thank everybody. It wasn't to kind of get praise upon himself and say, oh, I did this when I was a Pittsburgh Steelers. It was to say thank you for making this a home for my family and I, and now I'm your fan. You know, I thought it was amazing. Like, you know, I actually had, you know, chills just reading it because if you know Aaron, you know the type of guy he is, but also know what he's going through with his son and with his injuries lately. It was an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, uh, well, Ryan Clark, I'm black tie behind the glass there, saying it's time for you to go. That's too bad. I, I feel like we just uh, – We just started, though. Just we just had the surface, down. black tie. Why do you want to end our fun? What's this about? I don't Boy, get I it. Tell you, man, I don't get it. The guys that stand behind the glass – Total access. That's so buttoned down. They're gonna listen. That's Squaresville, man. You want to hang out here? Actually, this was fun. This is probably the most fun I've had. They made me do some other things. Just now that All wasn't right. nearly as much fun as this. Oh, I enjoyed it. Now, now there's somebody else oh, coming now, now to get you. Now Uh-oh. they're sending there security. Oh boy! Everybody's out. I don't want to get you in they trouble, Ryan Clark. Hey, hey, they can't. They don't pay me. Hey, Ryan Clark. <laughs> real quick, you live in? Are you? You play in the shadow of it. You ever eat a Clark bar? I have. I have um, my one of my fa- one of my favorite neighbors bought me a football full of Clark bars. <laughs> football full of Clark bars, and we ate. And they're pretty good. Too. They're all right. They're, they're not the good. greatest, but it's cool. And you I like mean, they're not Snickers. No, you know what I mean. They're not. They're not. <laughs> no, all. indeed. What's it? Snickers is number one in Ryan Clark's oh, candy list. Snickers is special, man. It's like you can turn Snickers in like three different candies if you eat it the right way. That's so true. You know, <laughs> yeah. you can do the same thing with a Twix. You take yes. that, you can scrape that caramel off with your teeth and then just be left with a nice cookie. Yeah, you know, I don't think my wife even eats the caramel off of hers. Oh, that's a good lady to have because yeah. you get to eat the caramel. <laughs> it's going to make me fat, though, if I have no job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan All right, Clark. Guys, everybody's yelling cool. for you. What a pleasure. Thank you, Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for taking the time. I had a great time. All right. We'll see you, and uh, best wishes in 2012. I hope for his sake they don't take Mark Barron out of Alabama. That for two reasons. He's an LSU guy and a safety. All right, there he goes. The great uh, Ryan Clark. What a fella, huh? Nice a guy. A mensch. He is. Did you enjoy him? I did enjoy him. Why, what's, what's, uh, why so glum? Why are you not? No, I'm, what, what am I glum about? I was I having know. a good time. You know, listen, I'm it's, a, your I, guy, hey, I, it's your guy. You're going to talk Steelers. I felt I didn't want to dominate too much of the conversation talking a little college basketball, though he was into it when he sat down. He's your guy, man. I'll let you, I'll let you Black run with Black tie. Him. Was that too much Steeler talk for you? My whole thing was just that, you know, we had to get him to leave. Total Why? Why love... did we have to? Why do you have to be such a company guy? Why do you have to be such you know a shell for the company? Why can't you? Why don't you get our backs for once and say, sorry, the door's locked. You can't get yeah, in here. sorry. We would love for Ryan Clark to go on Total Access. Unfortunately, the door has locked, and we can't get him out of here. And now uh, Dave and Rank are going to kibitz with him for another half hour or so. Trying what are you, what are you afraid, like, Andrew right. Siciliano's going to walk up here? <laughs> Take a swing at you? <laughs> you afraid Kara Henderson? Kara Henderson. my knees? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Brian Clark with some uh, with some good stuff there. I would like to have gotten into more of the free agent stuff and uh, the way the Steelers are trying to work the cap. I didn't – the, the, the specific question I didn't get to ask him is – does he think that Ryan that, that Mike Wallace is going to be a stealer mm-hmm. by uh, by this time next week? I think he is. He I, I, like I told you, they have ten and a half million dollars now. They they made some very tough cuts. They let they said goodbye to a lot of uh, you know recognizable and and uh, guys who will go down as uh, some of the best stealers of the last uh, quarter century or so. But Ryan Clark be- ranks among them too. Boy, I mean, uh, to see him rank, you're literally bigger than he is. <laughs> 
You know? Literally, yeah, absolutely. You you definitely outweigh him. You're taller wow. than he is, right? I mean, that, that's a, you are, and and that guy is one of the toughest hitters in the NFL. Absolutely, he was. You, you know, when we did our Pro Bowl ballots, I remember getting a lot of flack from people because I had him in the Pro Bowl ahead of the guy he did actually replace in the Pro Bowl, Ed Reed. He he brings it. He's a great player, and it is kind of surprising because people ask me that all the time. They're like, "Hey, are these guys huge?" You're like, "You know what? Actually, no." Like. Warren Sapp's about my height, about our height, you know, and it's like, you know, the guys aren't really as big as you would think because they play larger on the field. But you see a lot of these guys are like, guys, while I just saw Khalil Mm -hmm. from USC, I I keep getting confused. Ryan is the USC kid and Matt is already the tackle with the uh, Carolina no, Panthers. You got Other that way back. Why do I always – I, no, I, I guess every time, and it's like Ryan starting from this. Center, Matt is a tackle. Yeah, all Matt. right. I screw it up Some of the, the linemen time. are pretty big. But he was a giant. He's mm-hmm. a giant. Matt uh, Max Starks is is humongous. Jared um, Allen is a big guy. You know who cuts uh, – you know who usually cut big figures are the uh, are the QBs. Most mm-hmm. of those guys are, are, are big dudes. They're 6'4", six, 6'5". Thick kind of guys. Yeah, but then we saw Drew Brees come on the set of NFL.com Live during the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. And he was, he's shorter than both of us. And I just did, I should uh, promote the fact that I just did a uh, a talking ball. That was a, a fan favorite from last summertime. Where oh, I, cool. Where I get heart to heart. You know, I, I uh, no question is out of bounds is what the VO <laughs> guy says. The guy, the guy who does the voiceover for that show says, uh, well, no question is out of bounds. I like that guy. He, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I did. I did a hard hitting interview with Stevie Johnson. I just want him to be a better Stevie in 2012. Of course. So I counseled him. So there's so, a talking ball. How did I miss this? Yeah, look at that. Uh, look Outstanding. At, look for that on NFL.com at uh, at your leisure. And then also rank. Are you a part of uh, this thing at NFL.com right now that is ranking a bracketology? A, bra- a bracketology. Now the words in my head. A bracket-style ranking of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah, I was the Joe Lenardi of that. Oh, you were? This yeah. is this is your, uh, well, this is your you know, pet we, project. To be honest, I didn't come up with all the teams. That was kind of a collaborative effort, but no, I did sit there. and How deep of, does it go? I, I've not really poured over it. it does goes it go all back, the way it's back? Super Bowl, have, no, it's Super Bowl era. You're red, not gonna, red, it doesn't have red no, Granges. Not have, the Canton Bears. Bulldogs are not going to be on there. Good. The, that's a that's Decatur your first Staley's. Good, that's your first. Well, actually, good that's not right. The Decatur Staley's are on here because you just said Super Bowl era. Never, well, no, the Chicago Bears. They became. Oh, all right, but yes, so Super Bowl era. What we're talking about, off the top of my head, um, you got to go with the fifteen and one Niners, the seventy eight Steelers, um, the um, wait, which, one of those Cowboys teams from the early nineties? Probably they were number. They were number two. Number two. What do you mean number two? You seeded them. We seeded them. Like, well, then how could anyone lose? If you, if you have a team as the number one seed, aren't they going to win? No. Or is this a voter? This, this is, is a voter thing. Oh, oh so, so, so they, anyone within the sound of our voice can go to NFL.com and cast a vote. Please do. Yeah, you go so to NFL.com, so. and then you can vote on these on these guys. The number one seeds were the 85 Bears, 72 Dolphins, 89 49ers, and the year 78 Steelers. Kind of broke it up. Kind of- I know the seventy-two Dolphins didn't lose a game that year, but I, you know, we've discussed that. I, I don't hold them in the highest uh, esteem. The well, what's cool about that bracket is we put them. Their first matchup was against the two thousand eleven Packers, the team that was vying to go undefeated, and we put a lot of teams that were that had long winning streaks to start the season. Into this bracket, be it the '97 Broncos. Did you have the '81? How about the '81 Chargers or the '80 Chargers or someone like that? I, make, I told you the '79 Chargers were. A great they were team. all. They were all on the bubble. They didn't make it. Hmm. So they're out. Um, all right. What are the, I'm trying to think of who else uh, definitely I would vote for there. The Bengals. What 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 Bengals team do you have in there? The eighty one Bengals? Eighty one Bengals. Sixteen seed. The eighty one Bengals were not better than the seventy nine Chargers. Although I guess they beat the eighty one Chargers, so That's why. Fair's fair. All right, well that's a fun thing to vote on. Um all right, Rank. Let's talk about now Peyton Manning quickly. That's what I wanted to ask Ryan Clark. I didn't want to interrupt. Do you think the the uh, Broncos are doing the wrong thing chasing after Peyton Manning? Oh, I didn't know why what you wanted to inject into that when you were. To, uh, no, I was just curious. I mean, why? What? What? what what's from the NFL- downside to that? If you're the if you're the Broncos, well, you got Tim Tebow. 
All right. Well, I, I mean, I don't buy him. No, I'm just saying. Okay. Well, that's. The thing. I think you. I would have thought you were on the same page with me uh, on that subject. I. Uh, but I'm asking you though. I mean, do you feel? Because no, because I hear people. Whatever the website is, you know, people out there pontificating like, oh, they bring in paid Manning. That's that's the end for Tebow. To me, I don't understand that at all, because obviously I think anybody would admit Tim Tebow still needs to learn how to be a quarterback. He's got to improve his throwing motion. He's got so much more he could learn. It would probably benefit him to have Peyton Manning there. That's not a bad. It's it's essentially hiring a quarterback coach who will also go out and win some games for you in 2012. I don't get that it would be the end of Tim Tebow. I think it would make Tim Tebow better. I don't see that one begets the other. Like if they get Peyton Manning, they have to get rid of Tim Tebow. I don't get it. I don't. I don't get what everybody think about this. I think you know the Broncos in a lousy division. Imagine if they get Demarius, so they all have Demarius Thomas. Eric Decker's coming back from uh, from a leg injury, mm-hmm. so they have two legitimate wide receivers. Eddie Royal in the past has uh, been effective, and they can run the football. They have a good defense. I mean, listen, this is a good spot for him, obviously for Peyton Manning, and like you say, I I never think I I don't think Tim Tebow is ever going to be a really good QB. I, I think that is simply not going to be the case now. What if you can start using him as a hybrid? What if you can start Cordell stewarding him a little bit? You know, start moving him around, run him as an H-back, let him throw the ball here and there with some trickeration, all the better. Short-yarded situations, maybe down near the goal line. You bring him in, yeah, you you line him up in different spots, maybe have both of them on the field at the same time. I don't get what the downside is. I don't get what everybody's saying. Yeah, this is the end of Tebow, or that Tebow is going to demand it, like, I don't think Tebow has much of a market to be like, hey, you know what? I demand to be out of here. No, but would you rather go to Arizona, forget lifestyle, quality of team? You know, the NFC West, like we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, if Peyton Manning winds up with the Cardinals, that division is maybe the toughest in the NFL all of a sudden with the Niners coming back, you know, largely intact from last year. Seattle's on the rise. They can run the football. Good young offensive line. Good young defense. Tavares Jackson, a question mark, but still talent on the offensive side. Uh, the Rams should get better quickly, or St. Louis FC, just in time for them to return to Los Angeles, as you like to to, to dream about rank. And then you have uh, these Arizona Cardinals, another good young defense, plus everybody points at them, but really, Larry Fitzgerald, plus, uh, you know, we'll see with Doucette and everybody else. But, you know, in both those teams, the Cardinals – and uh, and Broncos, let's not forget, it's not like it's a draft pick that they're giving up to get Peyton Manning. So suddenly you would have Peyton Manning, who, assuming he returns to anything close to form, is one of the top five QBs on uh, on your team. And then you get a first round, a nice first round draft pick, which you can burn if you're a team like the Broncos drafting later in the in the round. Alshon Jeffrey or a guy like that coming out of South Carolina, big physical guy like that, that could be a dandy. Uh, all of a sudden, you could be a legitimate favorite in the NFC to to go to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, and and the AFC, yeah, I suppose you'd be, yeah. I mean, could be, you know, if you're coming out of that lousy division, you assume that if it's Peyton Manning in good form, you're assuming twelve and four, thirteen and three for for that Broncos team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would be. A, they'd be much better. The thing with Denver, though, and I don't know if this would be a, a huge factor for him, it's playing outside, you know, and it gets into the later months. It starts getting a little bit colder, snowing a little bit, you know, maybe not as bad as some other areas. But, you know, Denver's got to deal with the weather at some point. Arizona's in a dome. He likes that. I don't. We, we've bad-mouthed Peyton plenty over the years. He likes a dome. Mm-hmm. That's where he plays well is in a dome. We've seen him out in, in the snow up in New England. Uh, you know, those are bad memories for Colts fans over the years. He doesn't do well in the cold. He's very particular. The the His his setting has to be just so. He has to have a good offensive line. He can't take pressure. So, yeah, I think that uh, I, I'm with you. I say Arizona is the place for him to go. I think that's his destination if, in fact, the, it, it's really come down to that. We've heard talk about Manning is going to meet with the Dolphins. But the lifestyle down there from some, from some insiders I've spoken with, they've indicated to me that 
deep down he won't go there because he's not someone who wants a glad hand like Dolphins ownership will want him to. He doesn't want to go to a rookie coach. He doesn't want to go to Miami where their ownership is all those celebrities down there, J-Lo and everybody else, and he has to go out to dinner and all that. Just uh, from a lifestyle standpoint, that doesn't uh, strike his fancy. So, yeah, so I think uh, Arizona is where he's going to wind up. Savvy point there, having to hang out with uh, Mark Anthony and Fergie and Jimmy Buffett and all those people. And what's her name for Miami Sound Machine? Gloria Estefan. Yeah, yeah. Although there was a report, and we saw this on Pro Football Talk. Rhythm is going to get you. <laughs> Rhythm is going to get you, Peyton. Go ahead. Sorry. No, he doesn't seem like – I get what you're saying. He doesn't seem like a South Beach guy. The situation, though, is good. If you're looking from a pure football standpoint – Great young defense, Brandon Marshall, Reggie Bush, Danny Thomas. Lot of lot of pieces there. But now I was going to say Pro Football Talk actually had this on their site. The Texans have recently inquired about Peyton Manning. Well, that's bad. That should be troubling for Texans fans because uh, I've heard some whispers about Matt Schaub and whether or not he'll be ready to go and be at 100% for the start of 2012. And uh, that's the only reason that would be happening. Of course, they're they're fine with Schaub. They wouldn't do that if they had a healthy Schaub coming back. So that's disconcerting if you're a Houston fan. Because Wait, you wouldn't? Wait, 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 wait. if Schaub was healthy, you wouldn't try to get Peyton Manning? No, I don't think I would. You don't think that's an upgrade? It's an upgrade, but if I were the Houston Texans, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't think I would devote money in Peyton Manning's direction. That seems like a, a, a team looking for a team looking for a gigantic uh, for a quantum leap. You know, mm-hmm. the teams that are almost there minus the QB position. And I don't think you would define the Texans that way. Did I, you feel that way? Why? I mean, they were they should have really beaten. Baltimore in Baltimore, and they, you know, they, I, I think going into this season, if Schaub is is healthy, I think they're going to be the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. But I haven't really seen anything from Matt Schaub where it screams to me like, hey, you know what, elite quarterback, a guy that can get you to a Super Bowl and win it. Nothing like that. It, it, they've lost. They lost in the playoffs. I know you like to say that they would have been probably the favorite had the Matt Schaub stayed healthy, but. You start looking at the playoff matchups. I, wouldn't, I, I don't say they probably would have been. They would have been. They would have been the number one seed. Okay, they would have been the number every, one seed. Every, every game would have run through there. Yeah, but I'm not sure that I would have kissed them into the playoffs just assuming that Matt Schaub's there. Somebody could have still come down and got him just because he's not that elite quarterback. Yes, but as we've talked about, Peyton Manning is not, ain't exactly at his best in January. Traditionally, it's not like he. That's where he shines. I don't necessarily think Peyton Manning is the answer. I think if you're, that's but, what, if but, I were an Arizona guy, if I if I were Peyton Manning, and you know, listen, he has great confidence in himself, and I'm sure he does not agree with uh, with my assessment that he tends to throw uh, some terrible balls in big situations and is as much a gunslinger and has cost his team as many games as Brett Favre has over their respective careers. Um, but if you're in go to Arizona, no pressure if you're Peyton Manning. Get that team to the playoffs and win a division, you'd be uh, you'd be a hero down there, you know? Yeah, that might be another big factor uh, too. Why would you why would you want to take over for John Elway? I don't know if I were Peyton Manning. No, thanks. That's Elway's town. What do I want to go in there for? You would have to take them to the Super Bowl, probably win one to make that a success in Denver. Kurt Warner's looked at as a hero because he just got the Cardinals to the Super Bowl. For Arizona, just getting there just seems to be good enough. And it's not to take a swipe at any of the Cardinals fans, but, I mean, let's be honest, your team hasn't put up the greatest teams in NFL history. So, yeah, getting to the play, being a consistent playoff team, getting to the Super Bowl every once in a while, that's something to strive for. That's a good point that you make them. All right, well, listen, it's going to be a gay old time this week. It's going to be fun to see where everybody winds up. And, um, all right, before we get out of here, though, Episode number 58, we've got to take care of business here, honor the player who wore that number best, not just in the NFL history, but but uh, sports history. 58, well, look, we talked to Ryan Clark, the Pittsburgh Steeler. I don't know where why we would even have to waste time on this one. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's Jack Derek Splat. Thomas. No, not Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas, great pass rusher, not even the best at his position in NFL history. That honor goes to Jack Splat, Jack Lambert. Number 58. That's right. Another man who you're bigger than. Is that right? Definitely way more than he did when he was playing. He was way, I think he weighed 220. Middle linebacker for the world champions. 220, the middle linebacker. It's hard to believe, huh? Different era. 
Different air, indeed. All right, so we're going with uh, Jack Splat. No argument. We got uh, Chris Letang, great defenseman in the NHL. Who else? Fifty-eight. Plenty of them, I'm sure. But yeah. I, I'm not even going to bother with it. Wilbur Marshall, Larry yeah. Hegman from the Cowboys of the '70s from Doomsday Defense. Who mm. else? Wilbur Marshall. Yeah. Wilbur Marshall. Yeah, that's another. We don't. I don't want to get into that whole thing because Black Tie wants us to keep it to a tight forty-five. What do you guys think about? Uh LG3 to the skins in all likelihood. Good call. To, to, yes, we're covering the news. That's right, current events. RG3, a.k.a. the prosecutor, as Jason Smith named him uh, when we were down in Super Bowl. I like that one. I I'm saw, going with Esquire. I saw Robert Griffin the third there, and I said, don't forget the prosecutor. That's got to be your nickname. That's got to be it, man. That's a marketing uh, That's a marketing fine, man. That's, a, that's, a, that's gold for you. He laughed. I don't know if he took it seriously, but it's kind of, you know what, though? It's a little bit. I like RG3 Esquire. Not bad. Yeah, I like that one. Um, but uh, to answer the question, Black Tie, I like the move, of course. They, I mean, they had to pay a ransom. The only thing everybody likes saying, well, you know, they, they gave up three first round picks for him. Not really. They gave up. They swapped their first round picks. So that's a wash. They gave up two first round picks. Still a steep price. But to get, uh, you know. It, it sounds like cheap, empty rhetoric, I feel like, to say, hey, you got to have a, a a great QB to win a Super Bowl. But for the most part, you do. They go deep into the playoffs. There are teams you can always cite. Mark Sanchez is an example. I can't believe that the Jets paid <laughs> Mark Sanchez that kind of bank. Boy, is that a cuckoo decision as far as I'm concerned. But um, I don't think Mark Sanchez is going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. And so that will be the Jets' uh, albatross. But, our, you know, if if Robert Griffin III is as good as I think he's going to be, and it seems like the, the way most people think he is, yes, this is a move you make. It's, a, it's worth to give up those first-round draft picks going forward. And instead of playing the free agent game and throwing heaps and heaps of loot at free agents, as Dan Snyder has done over you know his reign as the, the Redskins owner, this is doing it through the draft, getting the most important position, and a guy who could – be in a couple of years from now, what, one of the top five QBs? Tom Brady will be gone. Peyton Manning will be gone. Roethlisberger will be long in the tooth. I mean, you know, uh, Griffin, Luck, Stafford, and uh, Cam Newton, pretty much the future. And Aaron Rodgers may be at the top of the heap at that point. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a great move. How say you, Rank? Yeah, they, the, the Redskins had to go out and make this move. The only thing, I feel bad for RG3 that he has to end up with the Redskins because – Kind of a toxic situation. I'm not sure that he's going to have a, a lot of great weapons to go no, to. No, I know. He doesn't have great pass catchers to start out with. Maybe they sign Vincent Jackson. Maybe they Roy Hallou develops into a, a number one receiver. Maybe Mike Shanahan will pick one and actually stick with the running back. I wish a little bit better for the kid. I wish he would have gone to a, a better situation. But the Redskins have to make the move. And it's funny to me. And then now St. Louis is already talking about, like, hey, you know what? We're set up with our future. And this isn't quite, you know, these are different teams, but uh, the Los Angeles Rams got a lot of picks for Eric Dickerson and did nothing with them. We picked uh, Gaston Green. We picked uh, Aaron Cox and a bunch of curtain jerkers and mid-card jobbers and guys who did absolutely nothing because you can talk about how the Cowboys ripped off the Minnesota Vikings years ago. Jimmy Johnson was out there making savvy picks. He was picking Emmett well, Smith. Uh, he was picking Mark Stepnoski, Daryl Johnson. And you assume that if this guy is worth that pick, it's not, you're, you know, the, oh, I can't it's, it's, it's it, this is going to set the organization back, giving up those first-round picks. Well, it is different, like Ryan Clark said uh, 20 minutes ago. You're, you know, top 10 makes a huge difference. If the Redskins are good and they're drafting 20th most years, then that pick has a little bit less value. It's not like it's a, the Redskins are always going to be slotted in the top half dozen teams if, R, if RG3 ends up being as good as they hope he is. Yeah, if the Redskins go 1-15 in 2012, 2-14 in 2013. Then it will look then, grim. Oh, then, then they look. You know, then St. Louis looks like genius, and they, they're picking almost Here, can't, can't miss guys. We, we talk about this based on uh, my flight a couple of weeks ago from O'Hare to LAX when Tom Green, Sinbad, and uh, Rob Zombie were on it. And I said, who do you think? Because Rob Zombie was in coach in Dirty 30E, the middle mm-hmm. seat. 30-30-E, while the other two were in first class. Let's do it with the NFC East QBs now. Who gets Dirty 30-E of the NFC East starting quarterbacks, assuming that uh, RG3 starts the year as the Redskins? RG3, Romo, Manning, Vic. (laughs) 
Who are you putting in Dirty 30 black tie? I'll need your vote first. Why would – oh. Well, go ahead. Go ahead, Rank. You vote. No, but I don't understand why you wouldn't put the rookie in the middle. He's got to earn him. He's got to earn Who would I rather class. have? Who would I rather have? Who would I rather have is a different story. Well, that's who gets – I'm not talking about who makes more money. I'm saying, you know, in, in quality of – in talent. He's a rookie who hasn't proven himself yet. No. Romo, However, Romo gets dirty 30 and damage That's what I said because everybody's like, hey, there's going to be four great quarterbacks in the NFC East. And I go, well, three good quarter, three great quarterbacks and Tony Romo. All I'll tell you is this. If Romo does not – hear me now in, uh, in mid-March 2012. If Romo doesn't win that division, that's, a, that's the standard. If he doesn't win the division this year – he will be out as the start. This is it. This has got to be it already. How much longer? I've been saying it for two years now. How much longer does this guy get with everybody? Tar- Cam Newton in his rookie year is a star. Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> went fifteen and one. Fine, they had a good defense. Uh, Matt Ryan won a, a division crown. Maybe he didn't win the division, but had a great year in, in his rookie year. How many guys come in and are immediately good and can win games in the first couple or few years? Tony Romo has had an eternity by by twenty first century. NFL standards, and yet he continues to be under center. Uh, Jerry Jones, no, no, no. We're not going to look into Peyton Manning. We have Tony Romo. Why would we look <laughs> to replace him? Because he has never done anything for that team. They go 13-3 and three the one year. Eli goes down there and beats him, and that was it. That's the high watermark in the Tony Romo era. So if they don't win the division in what you figure is going to be a brutal division, Eagles and Giants, Redskins have a little ways to go still, but you know those two teams are going to be good. The Redskins actually, I don't think are as far away. No, I think their defense is terrific. I think that's what they're going to have going for them. If they, you know, if they sign Vincent Jackson, yeah, they have RG. It's going to be a nice team. Black tie. I would have to go with uh, RG (laughs) three. I, I'm just not sure about him because a lot of people comparing him to Cam. I'm just like he's more he's more Vic than Cam to me. Plus, he's with Shanahan, which I, I just don't like that pairing. If you are starting Well, that's a another friend, guy who's in trouble is Mike Shanahan. He would, better win immediately, too. Is that what you're going to say? That's what I was saying before, that I wish RG3 was going to a better situation. Okay, Black Tie, if you're starting a franchise, this is – because I – because you explained it to me. You're, you're, you're saying it like not who makes the most money, not who's done the most. If you're starting a franchise right now and you can pick any of these quarterbacks – How about this? You have three years from twelve to fourteen. Twenty twelve to twenty fourteen, you get to have one quarterback, or you get that you, you have to rank the QBs, which is the th- which is the one you wouldn't take there. Let's make that our poll question: Who gets dirty thirty e out of the NFC East QB starting in twenty twelve? Let's we'll make that our poll question, and we'll make Jack Lambert number fifty eight. You rank? You didn't even you barely even challenged it. You didn't put up any kind of a fight there for fifty eight. There's what, no one else. What 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 do you want me to say? Wilbur Marshall, Carl Banks, nah. No? All right, good. So we all agree then. 58 Roman Pfeiffer? No. That's enough. All right. Actually, that was one of the guys. That was actually the Uh-oh, crown jewel. Black Tie's getting angry. You know what? I, I learned from Pauly Shore this weekend where you just ignore the light. You just keep going. As long as you got something to say in your heart, you just keep talking. I see Roman Pfeiffer was the one crown jewel of that, of that bounty of picks they got from the Eric Dickerson trade. And it uh, didn't matter. Congratulations! I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we extended the show by an extra 41 seconds to get that in there. Why is he so committed to 45? What is what is he the magic number? What is what is the cutoff? What is, what do people That's have already thing, people have already logged in? We've got the download. Boom! People are listening. What if some people want to listen for an hour? What if they've got a longer commute? What about those people? Why why can't we continue it to entertain? Listen, if you want to sign off at 45, Isn't it ironic should that we this have has now made it that we're now well past 45 because of this jag about the need to keep it to tight 45? Why, what is the fascination? Just cut it off. <laughs> why why don't we why don't we bid adieu? You know what? This is the 45 minute mark. If you want to say goodbye, say goodbye. We'll just have exactly. we'll have the like bonus ding, cast. Forty five minute ding. It's like okay, this is where ding. It's- oh, feel free to log off. Yep. All right. You know what? Excellent. Is completion rate is that like a thing? Is that what we're striving for here? Because let's let's do, let's do it. Let's do a three minute cast. Our completion rate will be through the roof. It'd be like you know what? You're like the Tim Tebow of producers. You're afraid to take your shots downfield. Oh, I don't want to go for the 50-minute 50, 50 cast. I'm going to go for the 13-minute cast. So he's Matt Leinert? <laughs> yeah. He's a checking you down. Kevin Cobb or You're... Blaine Gabbert. That's who you mean. Yep. <laughs> all right. He's checking down our podcast. Um, all right, then. Well, listen. 
Thank you for that uh, diatribe rank. Black tie, terrific. Thanks for getting uh, Ryan Clark in here. What a peach he was. Nice, nice fella. And uh, and uh, we'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce. I'd love to do an extra cast later in the week to see how free agency winds up, but we'll see on that one. In the meantime, though. It's been a thin slice of heaven for both fans. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit Hellman's.com.